This is Nolan Financial Radio with Tara Nolan from Tara Nolan Advisory Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Tara provides her clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Nolan Financial Radio with Tara Nolan. Hello, and welcome back to Nolan Financial Radio. My name is Tara Nolan from Nolan Financial. And if you're just tuning in today and you have a question about what we're going to be talking about, please feel free to give Chris and I a call at 719-210-4242 and definitely visit us online at www.taraenolan.com. While you're at the website, you can click on the radio page and check out past shows. And you can also subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. So don't hesitate to reach out with questions and to set up a meeting because Chris and I love helping people get their financial situation in order. So, you know, there's there's a lot of financial myths that are circulating around out there. And especially as we're all locked at home because of COVID and we're, we're spending a lot more time on the Internet, it's easy to get caught up in those myths. So we're going to jump into that. But before we start talking about the myths you don't want to fall for, let me check in with my amazing co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing good, although you're going to be calling out some financial myths and uh You'll probably bust me on one myth, which is uh, Tara Nolan owes me money. That's a myth I like to propagate. <laughs> I thought it was donuts. <laughs> you owe me 20 bucks, Tara. Let's just, uh, let's face it. You lost that bet. Um, yeah, no, uh, this sounds like a great show. I've been great. I've had a good week and, uh, you know, it's been crazy busy though. Uh, you know, we were laughing before the show. It's just been, it's been insane. I mean, you know, it's a it's a little bit of a, a mess out there, and uh, you know, I've had a crazy week. However, uh, I'm looking forward to the show, and I really enjoy doing the show with you each week. It's a it's a great uh, reprieve from the day to day, and I always learn something. It's very educational. That's what the show is all about: education. Uh, you educate us. I try to uh, not get in your way and maybe make a couple of jokes, right? You know, that's it's having fun is what it's all about, Tony. And, <laughs> it's true. How about you? I, How have you been? Well, we, Chris and I, we were able to purchase the uh, 10 acres adjacent to us. And oh, wow. What that meant was we had to start fencing the 10 acres adjacent to us. Oh, no. So, but the good news, though, is, is I mean, this is what I, I like helping people plan for their dreams. And it was it was really nice to be able uh, to, to just when that property became available to, to purchase that. And, and now we're expanding uh, the pasture that the horses can be on. But um, yeah, digging holes and, and putting up fences, it's a reminder of I definitely prefer using my brain to having to use my brawn to make a living. Well, <laughs> uh, let me just say, putting up fence on a farm uh, or on land in the country, putting up fence in general, but putting up fence, I did it when I was a kid. I grew up on a farm. And whenever there's a fence project, I'm like, man, I'm going to try to have something else to do that day and not get involved. But my my dad and my grandfather uh, who own the farm, just we go out and that is a lot of work. You guys, you and Chris are doing it yourselves. Well, we we had our neighbor come. He's got the auger. So he dug the holes oh, sure. for us. And luckily we had some rain. So we were able to use the tractor 
bucket to push the t-posts into the ground so we yep. didn't have to pound those by hand that's what we that's what yeah. we typically did is use the bucket to push them down yeah and, and sometimes it works sometimes it gets so dry it doesn't work and i have to confess tony we're doing electro braid fence so it's not like we're having to mess with wire so oh okay it, it is sure. a lot better and, and we finally yesterday got the power hooked up so nine thousand joules you don't want to touch it no no no, but it um, my uh, black mare Ava is an escape artist, and so we have to have the electric. Sure, sure, yeah, the high powered electric fence. We had uh, my, of course, I grew up on a farm with horses, as you know. My mom uh, had uh, a lot of horses, and uh, we had an electric fence running around it, and uh, always fun to get the city kids come out. And uh, my, you know, when you're when you're a boy and you're a city kid, you like to get them out there and talk them into trying to pee on the electric fence. <laughs> I just, it's, it's all part of the fun, you know. I dare you. Yeah. It won't be pleasant. No. It won't be pleasant, but it'll be funny for me. <laughs> and, and I'm making a joke. People do not uh, attempt that. Uh, but uh, ours was pretty low power. But uh, yeah, you still don't want to uh, have liquid around the electric fence and touch it. Yeah, exactly. that's for sure. Um, so, OK, fencing, that's a lot of hard work. Uh, so this radio show today is a reprieve from that, isn't it? Uh, well, definitely, because we get to talk about helping make things better and I get to sit inside where it's cool and, you know, all the good stuff. Yeah. So um, uh, let's uh, peel this back. And uh, what would be considered a myth? Uh, where are we starting here? Well, you know, a great one to start with right now, Tony, and this is this is a recurring myth that floats around is is about Social Security. And um, we just want to talk about there's always this myth that seems that that's going around is that Social Security is going to dry up and go away and it's it's not going to be existing. And so this article and it's hard. the, The worst myths, Tony, right, are the ones that have a little grain of truth to them. And so this article is talking about because of covid you know, people are out of work and they're not paying into Social Security. So it almost seems like it could be a little bit believable because payroll taxes are one of the, the big sources for uh, income for the Social Security fund. And so this year, the government claims that a 12.4 percent tax on the 137,700 in earnings, salaried workers pay half of that and then the companies pay the other half. And so if people aren't working, there's just not money. And of course, one of the big things, really, Tony, that hurt the Social Security uh, fund was in the, the first Gulf War, right? Is that's where the Congress borrowed the money out of Social Security to pay for that war. Yeah. And so that kind of that was one of the things that disrupted the fund. So then it does kind of get a little makes people and it's, it's a reasonable thing to go, well, what, what's going to happen to Social Security if people aren't working? Right. And but the notion that uh, the notion that Social Security is looking at a really serious revenue dip isn't completely correct, though, is it? You know, it's it's just not because, you know, a lot of Americans are out of work and aren't contributing, but there are still quite a few people that are working and the revenue dip may be a bit of a setback, but there's really no evidence to support the idea that it's going to doom the program forever. Right. And I mean, just the way it's set up, it's it's a, a kind of a system that works in perpetuity because right. as long as people are working and paying into the system, it's just going to keep going. So right. I don't think you need to add this to your list of things that make you not able to sleep at night. Right. Right. And and what what, though, if the current high levels of unemployment were to continue throughout the rest of the year? 
Well, you know, there's a lot of discussion that even if that scenario plays out, it's it's just not going to come close to wiping out Social Security, you know, and there's articles that you can look up about it because sure. it's just it's bigger than the, the good and the bad news is government is big. But the, the good news is that it's things aren't going to just fall apart overnight. Right, right. Uh, and, and that's good to know. It's uh, you got to shoot that one down if you see somebody talking about it on social media. So what do you have next? Well, <laughs> I I don't know if I would even get involved in shooting that down on social media unless you like to deal with trolls. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, don't get involved. The better advice is, yeah, don't shoot anything down. Uh, unless you or, enjoy that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I, I try not to get involved. I like reading other people's uh, back and forths for a while, and then it's just like, oh, brother. Yeah, but I don't people like involved. their myths. So, oh, but, yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, Tony, that was just a little off track there. But, yeah. You know, little social media humor. Um. But another myth that's making the rounds right now is that you can't apply for Social Security during the current pandemic. And so while it's true that Social Security began closing field offices because we're trying to social distance, but the whole government, you know, the whole country was doing that. So that's yeah. just to just to protect people and make sure that vulnerable pe- vulnerable people, especially like who, what kind of people go to Social Security office, right? right. People yeah. in elderly, yeah, right. So it, it's not that there, it's not a money problem. It's just we're dealing with the acute, immediate issue, but Social Security is not going away. Right. So a closed field office doesn't mean people can't file for Social Security. Exactly, Tony, and that's one of the things is. We're getting better and better about being able to do things online. A lot of these options have been available and things like this, you know, the pandemic forced us to to have to move on with technology. You know, frankly, Tony, I'm one of those people that would probably still have a flip phone if it wasn't for Chris, my husband, who is (laughs) the opposite and loves technology. And so he hands me the new phone and says, give me your give me your flip phone. Hand it over. Here's your new phone. <laughs> That's funny. Well, yeah, Chris Chris keeps you on track. I it's, like that. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. And so uh, obviously, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of our financial lives are already online. So it makes sense that Social Security is manageable right from our kitchen tables or our computers or our phones, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you want to start your account for Social Security, just go to ssa.gov and use you set up your account online like you would set up your Amazon yep. account or or all these other accounts. And in worst case scenario, you call somebody and say, hey, I need help. So it's all doable. But um, here's another potential one, Tony, that's been buzzing around about Social Security. And it suggests that Social Security recipients who lose their jobs during the pandemic cannot file for unemployment benefits. Wow. And, you know, that's that's just that's not a fact. And the right. thing is, is it's not a huge population of, of people, Tony, because we talk a lot of times about if you're still working, you probably would like to not be taking your Social Security because it reduces the amount. So it, it might be natural to assume that if you lose the job, you're just going to be out of luck when it comes to unemployment. But that's not true because a lot of states will reduce an unemployment payment if you're on Social Security, which happens to your paycheck anyway. Um but mostly that practice has been eliminated. And yeah. it's also true if you're collecting both Social Security and paycheck before you're reaching your full retirement age, you're going to be having some benefits withheld anyway. And Tony, this is one of those education pieces that we do in other shows to talk about the timing of taking your Social Security. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. And you've talked about that and you even have a report you can run 
uh, based on somebody's uh, age and their full retirement age, things like that, that'll tell them, you know, when the optimum time to file is. Uh, and a lot of people make a mistake. So if you're listening and you haven't yet filed for Social Security or just recently filed, uh, make sure you pick up the phone, give Tara a call and have that report run. There's no cost to sit down with her and talk to her about that. And speaking of that, our time is almost up for this first segment, Tara. Uh, why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you in case they want more information on that? Well, sure, Tony. So for anyone who's listening to the show, especially if we're talking about myths, the best way to to get past falling for a myth is to get educated. And so, Tony, Chris and I have set up 20 complimentary appointments for the first 20 callers. Tony, the number is 719-210-4242. And Tony, we really want to talk to those people that are listening to the show and have those questions and just want to ask them. There's no reason to be afraid to ask a question. Ask the question and then we'll help you get the right answer. If we don't know the answer, we know how to find it (laughs) because it's all about getting to the truth. So, Tony, that number is 719-210-4242 for people who have questions and they want to know what the right answer is. Right. I think that's great, Tara. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more uh, financial myths uh, that you don't want to fall for here on Nolan Financial Radio with our host, Tara Nolan. Hello, this is Tara Nolan of Nolan Financial, and I want to tell you about a very special event we are hosting this fall. Chris and I are going to be offering our one-day financial planning workshop. It starts with a seminar to talk about your financial health. Then we will have activities on goal setting, budgeting, knowing how much you need, helpful tips, and more. All for no cost. I would like to offer our listeners the opportunity to attend 719-210-4242. Welcome back to Nolan Financial Radio. My name is Tara Nolan from Nolan Financial. If you're listening to our show and you have a question about what we're talking about, please feel free to give Chris and I a call at 719-210-4242. And definitely visit us online at www.taraenolan.com. While you're at the website, be sure to click on the radio page. You can check out past shows. We do lots of educational topics every week. And also subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. So that way you don't miss any of this education that's coming up. So today we're talking about the common financial myths that many of us hear. And the hard part about myths, as we've talked about, is there's always that little nugget or grain of truth. So you always want to go, that that almost sounds like that could be true. And you don't want to fall for something. So it's it's a tough one, Tony. Yeah, it is. Tara Nolan Mythbuster. Uh, we've been doing some great myth busting today, haven't we, Tara? So uh, what's the next one you wanted to talk about? Well, you know, this next one is always a big topic, right, Tony? It's healthcare, Medicare. Oh, yeah. Medicare. And it's just it's it's a that is like one of the scariest things, Tony, I think about retirement is none of us has that crystal ball. But we do know as you're getting older, you might get sick or you might need to see a doctor. And so Medicare really becomes a very important part of your retirement planning because, Tony, it's about protecting your income from a a potential medical situation. And so uh, there's Medicare myths that you shouldn't believe. And it's very important that you understand it because you want to be prepared for medical emergencies so that it doesn't wipe out your savings. Right. And, And so here's a critical thing about Medicare. Right, Tony? Everything's always a little complicated, right? Right. It can get very, Medicare can get very complicated. So we'll try to keep it as simple as we can here, but there's, there's three main parts. There's part A, 
which covers hospital care. There's Part B that covers doctor visits and diagnostics. And this one's the easiest one, Tony. Part D, which covers the drugs. Ah. So um, Part A, there's no premium. But Parts B and D do charge a premium. And this is where it gets it gets a little tricky, right, Tony? Because you're you're paying for Medicare. And so if you go to the hospital, you don't have to pay a premium for that. But you do still have to pay for doctor visits and you have to pay for prescription drugs. And so it becomes a little bit of a wild card because you're like, yeah. okay, you got to pay. Well, how much do I have to pay? Are we talking $10 or are we talking, you know, a thousand? Right. Well, yeah. And, and along those lines, tell us a little bit more about the premiums you just mentioned so we can get an idea of what that would be. Well, let's just start with the standard. So the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services state that the standard Part B premium is $135.50 per month. And obviously, Tony, these adjust a little every year. Sure. So higher income earners do have to pay more. And so there's no standard, but there's no standard premium for the Part D. And we see all kinds of commercials on that, right? Even like online, get your drugs from Canada. So um, the drugs is a little bit, it's, it's confusing. But just like with your Part B, um, you're going to pay a little bit more based on your income, which I mean, is, it should be a basically fair system. But it's just bizarre to me, Tony, that like, if you're going to pay for antibiotics in one part of the country, why isn't the same everywhere? <laughs> right. So it's one of those things. Then maybe it's just from my military background where I'm like, there's some things that just should be fair for everybody. But um, that's a whole different conversation. But the other thing, Tony, is that Medicare has a lot of co-pays and deductibles that you're responsible for. So it's it, the hard thing is you just don't know what you're on the hook for. And this is one of those things, Tony, that always frustrates me. Like if you think you go to like an all-inclusive resort and then all of a sudden they're nickel and diamond you, I'm like, just tell me how much and I'll pay, but don't like keep asking me for things here and there right. and everywhere. Yeah. That's no good. If it's, it's all inclusive, it should be all inclusive, right? Right. Just tell me what I have to pay. Don't keep changing. It's like the moving target. And, and right. I think that frustrates everybody. Yeah. Uh, agreed. And that's a really good point. Um, now, I think that uh, that's a good breakdown. What's another common myth out there when it comes to Medicare? Well, big thing, Tony, is that people think, okay, once I get Medicare, I get old enough and I sign up for Medicare, all my health care needs are going to be covered. Yeah, I used and, to think that. <laughs> well, we all did. And it's essentially Medicare will cover 80%. And, and here's one of those things. So this is a whole educational piece, Tony, that I do with a lot of people is there are uh, additional insurances you can get to, to cover the other 20%. And it's really tough because there's programs out there that have zero premium, but then guess what, Tony, they don't really cover much when you need it. And that's yeah. the whole rub. But the thing is, is, you know, 20%, it's not a big deal. If you're talking out of a hundred dollar bill, you got to pay 20 bucks. But what happens if you, you know, break a hip and need hip surgery and you're got a hundred thousand dollar bill, then all of a sudden 20% becomes a bigger number. Yeah, then it becomes huge. Right. Yeah. So um, does Medicare address long-term long care needs? Yeah. We've talked about this before. It doesn't, Tony. It's complicated because they will cover potentially up to 90 days, right? But 90 days is not really long-term care now, is it? No, no. And so I've seen, I've had clients that have, you know, been in the hospital for maybe a heart attack or a stroke, and then they get to go into a, a assisted facility for that little bit of time to do kind of the rehab, the physical therapy. But then after the 90 days, then 
Medicare stops paying. So it's all it's all that crapshoot, Tony, of am I going to am I going to fit within that 90 day window or or am I not? And, and how do you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's how do you know? And I think that's a good point. Long term care. Uh, that's a good topic to address uh, with a financial services professional like yourself, because uh, there is a lot to it. And uh, I know you can help people uh, add it to their overall retirement strategy. So what's the next myth you have for us, Tara? Well, yeah, you know, long-term care is also another whole topic. But another myth, Tony, is people think that they get automatically enrolled in Medicare when they turn 65. And that's definitely not the case. So if you're already collecting Social Security on your 65th birthday, you'll most likely be put on Medicare Parts A and B without having to do anything. However, if you're not enrolled in Social Security, you're going to need to sign yourself up because guess what, Tony? If you don't, you're going to pay penalties. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So you do. If you're not on Social Security, you have to sign up for Medicare when you turn 65. And that's the case for a lot of folks now, Tony, because people are working longer and you don't have to take Social Security till you're 70. Right. So for a lot of people, they may just think, well, I don't need it because I'm still working and I don't need health care. Uh, but you want to you just don't want to uh, pretend or think it's going to get taken care of because you get a penalty. And again, you don't want to pay penalties that you can avoid. Yeah. So a person should enroll in Medicare as soon as they're eligible then. Right. Well, you know, and that's actually another myth. So while a lot of people are probably smart to sign up for Medicare right away so they can be using the benefits, it's not necessarily the case for everybody. So just like we were talking, if you're still working when you turn 65 and are on a group plan, you might want to just sign up for Part A because it's free and then wait to sign up for the other parts that come with a premium. But if you're paying through the nose with your group plan at work, which is kind of what a lot of people are having happen, then you want to get crunch the numbers because Medicare, it's like everything, Tony, you want to comparison shop and all things being equal. Let's go with the the cheapest one. Yeah, there's a lot to take into consideration. Uh, And I think it's good to remember that our financial needs in retirement are always unique to us. Everybody's situation is different. Like you say, it depends on your situation. And I know there's not one template that applies to everyone. And that's why uh, we need you to guide us, right? Exactly, Tony, because it all starts with, I mean, we have the same goal of we want to achieve a successful retirement. What's different is, well, what does a successful retirement look like to you? You know, are you laying on a beach somewhere with your beach house? Are you at home uh, with a house to have the grandkids come visit? Or are you going to sell everything and go drive an RV around for a couple of years? You know, those are very different kinds of goals. (laughs) Yeah, super different, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Well, hey, and you know, uh, this is really good. Does that article mention uh, or address savings vehicles like 401ks? Uh, Well, sure it does, because your 401k is a great tool, but it's rarely enough to cover down on everything. So it's in a lot of the problem with the 401k, Tony, is a lot of people or just focus on doing a good job, which you would like to be able to do. And they kind of assume that the company's taking care of them with the 401k. But 401ks also have a lot of options and there's different amounts you can contribute. And you have to ask questions like, is it a Roth 401k, a traditional 401k, and all these different things. So I think a lot of people in their head think like, well, I've got a 401k and that's that's like the magical solution that's just going to take care of everything. So 401ks are great, but you really need to understand 
how much you're saving and how it's going to help you achieve that lifestyle that you want. Right. And it sounds like relying too much on a 401k means you might need a part-time job after you retire. It, it Depending really on the size of your 401k, you usually need something else. For for most folks, they do, Tony. And especially with today where, you know, it used to be with our grandparents that you kind of worked with a company your whole life and you retired and, and you were okay. But I think typically people move jobs between three to 10 times. And so you have lots of different 401ks and you maybe don't get the traction of the, you know, the gaps between moving jobs and doing all these different things. So you definitely want to take a look at that. And, you know, and that couples with Tony, the, the whole idea I really want to foot stomp is that this idea that when I retire, I'm going to need less money. That is oh. such a big myth. Yeah, that's a huge one. And I know you see that a lot, right? Well, it's it's just because it's it's an old wives' tale or it's a myth like we're talking about today is, well, don't worry, once you retire, you're going to need less money. And Tony, it's just not true because there's this thing called inflation. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah, it, inflation it, it, is a killer. And and it, it is. And then, you know, things like maybe you have your house paid off, but then you no longer have the deduction and then you don't have kids at home. And so. It's a very bad, the best planning factor is that you're going to need as much in retirement as you have while you're working. And if you have extra yeah. money, great. But you don't want to plan for less than you need. Right. Yeah. And and it does make sense to me that working a little longer, getting a part-time job after you're retired, uh, you know, it, it might be needed. It isn't always as easy as it sounds, though. It's it's not as easy as it sounds, Tony. And, you know, it's just another common myth that that we goes right along with this is that, well, you can't retire until your mortgage is paid off. And for oh, a lot yeah. of folks, Tony, it's, it's tough because I have a lot of people that, you know, they were young and then they were having their families and they've waited kind of almost until their kids are out of the house to get that dream house. And that's part of, for them, that is what a good retirement looks like. So they're entering into retirement with a mortgage. And I can't tell you that's a good or bad decision because it really depends. It's a bad decision if you are going to be retiring and you're not going to have enough money to pay for it, right? <laughs> That's a yeah. bad decision. <laughs> but it's it's one of those categories that all depends because, I mean, tr traditional wisdom says pay off your mortgage and if anything, you can downsize and buy a smaller home. And that that's great if that's an option. But, Tony, it just it really just all depends because... Are you going to stay where you are and downsize? Are you going to look and maybe go to Florida and go somewhere warm? Or it's it's just such a it depends question. And I definitely be like trying to diagnose somebody's heart condition over the phone. Right, Tony? <laughs> right. You don't want to do that. No. You know what, Tara? We're out of time. It just flew by. Is there anything else you want to add before we go today? Well, Tony, just the big picture, the, the foot stomper from today is that these financial myths are out there. There's usually some grain of truth because myths develop out of truth. The key is to get the information and see how it applies to you in your life. That's where it always matters is if you hear something, I can't say the advice is good or bad. We have to look at your life and see how it applies to you. So, Tony, Chris and I have set aside 20 complimentary appointments for the first 20 callers that want to call and say, I'd like to get a second opinion and look at what I'm doing and make sure I'm doing the best I can. Because sometimes when you get that second opinion, you get a little smarter and go, oh, I could be doing this a little better. And just by making a different move, it's not even going to cost me more. It's just positioning myself better. So, Tony, yeah. that number is 719 
210-4242. All right, and that does it for today's episode of Nolan Financial Radio with our host, Tara Nolan. Join us soon for another episode of Nolan Financial Radio. Take care, and we'll talk with you next time. Thank you for listening to Nolan Financial Radio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Tara Nolan at Tara Nolan Advisory Services. Call 719-210-4242 or visit the website at taraenolan.com. Tara Nolan and Tara Nolan Advisory Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.